0: Chapter 9 of The Young Pretenders by Edith Henrietta Fowler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9 Babs in Trouble. It all came of so much pretending. But then it was simply impossible for the children not to pretend. It would have been so dull to have lived their child lives only as the little Conways, when they might be pretending that there were such exciting things as soldiers or savages, cab horses or mice and this particular pretence which caused all the trouble was one of babs teddy was always pretending that he was a policeman and consequently babs wanted to be one too but teddy was firm on this point he was the policeman and babs must think of something original for herself there might be more'n one policeman in london she whimpered no there mightn't said teddy sharply so babs had to content herself with being in imagination a postman which seemed the next best thing and of course a postman involved letters there were the indian letters which Bab zealously saved but they did not make nearly enough babs begged her uncle and aunt to give her any old letters to play with and then she induced martha the second housemaid to buy her a pot of gum with which she and teddy spent some delightful afternoons pasting up the old envelopes to look almost as good as new and as they were finished one by one they were safely hidden away out of sight of nurse's sharp eyes down in the most secret depths of the old toy box the postman drops a letter in at every house said the little girl but then you see teddy nurse would find it out and spoil it all i think i had better take the letters out but only pretend to drop them into the houses so every day she started out on her walk with a packet of letters clasped fast in her fat little hand and once or twice when nurse was well on in front babs ran up the steps of the house and rang the servants bell but she only pretended to drop a letter in she could not bring herself to part with any of the beloved treasures yet but after a while this part of the proceedings became a little stale i are a real postman she explained to teddy and in course i must leave real letters at the houses it's no good leaving these old letters if you are a real postman said teddy "'because you see they all belong to this one house.' "'This was a most distressing conclusion.' "'S'pose,' she asked her uncle at lunch that day, "'s'pose a postman dropped the letters at the wrong houses. "'What would happen?' "'He would be packed off about his business pretty quickly,' said Captain Conway, "'for he would not be fit to be a postman.' "'You are quite right, Teddy,' said Babs afterwards in the nursery.' you see if i drop these letters at other houses i'll be packed off bout my business pretty quick cause i would not be fit to be a postman don't bother so exclaimed teddy who was rather cross and besides he was a policeman and had no time for thinking about letters so babs was left to herself and the responsibility of her unfulfilled duties lay heavily upon her baby soul at last a brilliant thought struck her she caught sight of the post-box in the hall nearly full of nice clean new letters, which Uncle Charlie and Aunt Eleanor had just written. I might post one of those, she thought gleefully. There's such a lot that I could take just one out, like we used to do the bird's eggs, so that it shouldn't matter. Now I are fit to be a postman, she murmured with a glad little laugh, as she ran upstairs with one of the new letters in her hand. Teddy was out driving with Aunt Eleanor, so it had to be hidden away without his seeing it on the following day all went well babs was able to lag behind nurse and teddy out walking and to drop the new letter which she had carried in the packet of old ones right into the letter-box of a strange house and again that evening she succeeded in taking another letter out of the post-box in the hall this exciting programme was kept up for several days for every night on her way upstairs she peeped into the box and if there were plenty of letters she took out one but if there were only two or three she conscientiously refrained only let us take one egg if there was three left she argued to herself and had no further misgivings on the subject but at last a dreadful thing happened it was only a cold in her head when babs awoke one morning but the consequences were terrible nurse would not let her go out in the first place and there was the letter which she had taken out of the box on the preceding night still unposted she knew that it would be naughty to keep the letter posting to bab's mind was just dropping it into any house that she could manage but she felt the importance of this posting most thoroughly downstairs there was a good deal of wonder and annoyance about invitations unanswered or delayed and one or two more important letters unacknowledged but bab's heard nothing of all this does it matter very dreadful she asked teddy if letters is sometimes a day late oh no said her brother carelessly i heard aunt eleanor say that they are often stopped for a little in the post but don't begin bothering again about letters why can't you be a soldier or a cab-driver instead i are a postman said babs gloomily and it was clear that teddy could not be approached on the subject again the next day bab's cold was worse and after lessons nurse and teddy went out again without her this was really serious There was that letter still unposted, and Bab's conscience gave her no peace. "S'pose a postman kept a letter in his own house for a long time," she propounded to Miss Grimston, in the middle of a spelling lesson, "what would happen?" "He would be sent to prison as a thief," answered the governess. "But now, no more talking, Barbara; go on with your lesson." The horror of this information lay like lead on the child's spirits. "It's awful wicked to keep that letter! she decided as she sat alone in the nursery when the others were out if i do i'll be sent to prison as a thief. and then an heroic resolve came into bab's mind she must do her duty as a postman even at the awful risk of nurse's displeasure she would go out and drop it into a house that very minute in spite of her cold how lucky it was that the clean clothes had just returned from the wash requiring martha's presence downstairs for martha had been left in charge of babs during nurse's absence seizing her hat for she could not put on either her own boots or coat she flew downstairs with the precious letter and out of the front door unmolested she stopped her flight on the causeway postman don't never run she murmured and was walking briskly round the corner when she came right up against aunt eleanor good gracious what is the meaning of this cried her aunt dragging her indoors and just then nurse arrived home again with teddy a great storm of scolding seemed to surge round bab's head it's my letter i was obliged to take it she gasped nurse gave her an angry little shake and aunt Eleanor snatched the letter out of the child's hand she could hardly believe her senses there was the letter her husband had written two days ago enclosing a check the receipt of which they had been anxiously awaiting Perhaps Charlie will believe me now about Babs, was her first thought, and an ugly feeling of triumph rose within her as she rushed into the smoke room to tell the husband the story of Babs' black crime. And Uncle Charlie lost his temper. He had been terribly worried about the apparent disappearance of his check, and to be suddenly told that the child had taken it out of his private letter box and having kept it for a couple of days, had been caught by chance as she was stealing out with it on a mysterious mission of her own. "'was enough to make him very angry indeed.' "'I never heard of such a thing,' he exclaimed. "'How dare she tamper with my letters!' Aunt Eleanor fetched Babs in haste. "'Where did you get this from?' her uncle asked sternly. "'I took it out of the letter-box. I have took one every day,' answered Babs, bewildered. "'And then she said something about a postman, but nobody understood.' Uncle Charlie and Anne Eleanor talked in such loud voices, and there seemed such a noise and confusion to the child that explanation was simply hopeless. "'This accounts for all the delays and bother we have had just lately,' said Eleanor. and then creeping out of doors with this letter when she knew she had to stay in with her cold. "'I never heard of a child's being so sly and wicked.' "'I am as much surprised as I am displeased,' and Uncle Charlie spoke in an awful voice. He was really very much annoyed, and to deliberately take letters out of a letter-box and keep them was a serious offence indeed, to say nothing of the remarkable expedition out of doors and all alone by which Babs' sin had been discovered. "'How dare you touch my letters!' he repeated. "'But I will put a stop to this kind of thing once and for all.' And then Uncle Charlie gave Babs two or three taps on each of her fat little hands. Surely this was serious trouble, and poor Babs cried bitterly, it was all so dreadful and frightening and uncle charlie angry was so much more awful than anybody else in the world oh teddy she wailed when her brother peeped into the night nursery whither she had been born in dire disgrace i meant to be such a good postman and take the letters quite right why did it all turn out so dreadful naughty i don't understand did uncle charlie whip you hard asked teddy who was hungry with curiosity concerning the scene in the smoke-room the remembrance filled bab's with such woe that teddy could get nothing out of her and then nurse came in and banished teddy instantly from the degrading atmosphere of bab's presence naughty wicked little girls who steal are not fit to speak to other children she said sharply as she shut the door but going out of doors on a winter's afternoon with a bad cold and no coat on brought about more mischief still babs coughed all night and awoke with feverish hands and a pain in her chest the doctor was sent for and kept her in bed all day with hot poultices on and lots of nasty medicine to drink babs thought in her hot little head that it was all somehow part of uncle charlie's anger but she was tired after the naughtiness and kept falling into restless sleep and downstairs uncle charlie was wretched about her his anger had quickly evaporated and he felt as guilty about those harmless slaps as if her severe cold were all owing to them aunt eleanor's continual talk of bab's offence irritated him dreadfully too she was so glad to have proved to her husband that his little niece's naughtiness was of a nature that no one really could overlook and he had begun to feel sure that there must have been a big mistake somewhere for the more he thought of it afterwards, the more certain he was that such a baby could not have been such a criminal. I didn't understand. I really didn't, cried Babs, as he went up to see her in bed. Perhaps it is Uncle Charlie that didn't understand, he said tenderly, stooping down to kiss her. Babs instantly recognized the change in his tone, though she had no idea of what he was talking. Have you forgived me? she asked with a glad ring in her hoarse little voice. Of course I have. And why isn't Teddy here to play with you? Nurse, he called as he heard her outside, why is not Master Teddy amusing Miss Babs? I found her quite alone when I came up. I thought you were displeased with Miss Babs, sir, and wished her kept in disgrace, said Nurse. What nonsense! exclaimed Uncle Charlie angrily. And twenty-four hours afterwards, too. It's my opinion the child will be ill from mope. Mind there is no more of it he exclaimed sharply as nurse departed with her nose in the air i love you uncle charlie whispered babs a very gentle little babs just then and she laid her cheek confidingly on his hand and i promise i'll be quite good now that's right said uncle charlie kissing her he spoke cheerily owing to an unaccountable sad feeling which had swept over him as he sat beside his little niece's bed and he wished he had not been so angry with her the day before she is so little he thought pityingly and so completely in our power that we ought to be very good to her the chivalry of the man had been ignited by this little spark of humanity and manlike he hastened to hide it with cheerful commonplaces shall we play old maids he suggested calling for teddy to join them oh then they had a delightful time babs sitting up in bed with cheeks almost as red as her flannel dressing-gown and playing as if most truly her fate in this world depended on the disposal of the fated queen and when the unfortunate lady fell finally to uncle charlie's lot the children's ecstasy of enjoyment knew no bounds teddy said babs when captain conway had gone to dress for dinner i promised uncle charlie that i'd be good but how can i tell that things won't turn out naughty like the letters did i don't know answered her brother doubtfully i wonder why it was so much naughtier to be a postman than a policeman continued the little girl it makes things very puzzling what shall we pretend to be now asked teddy who could not throw much light on the subject i's tired of postmen said babs wearily i think i'll pretend to be an engine-driver teddy decided after some deliberation "'What's the goodest thing you know?' asked Babs, anxious to make a safe choice this time. Teddy thought. Kings and queens, but Babs hastened to remind him of the wicked kings that Miss Grimston often read about in the history lessons. "'Well, I don't know, then.' Teddy gave it up, together with most other intricate problems. "'I know,' cried Babs suddenly. grown up soldiers what are officers. Uncle Charlie's an officer himself.' father and Inja is an officer and uncle jack and in course they're all very good so they are agreed teddy you'd better be an officer babs that'll be splendid and sure not to turn out naughty laughed babs i are a real officer teddy babs soon got better again though she did not look quite so fat and brown and she was also rather graver and quieter than before Miss Grimston noted a marked improvement in her behaviour in school time, and there were fewer scoldings and punishments even in the strict atmosphere of the nursery. But it was not altogether well with little Babs. A wistful look had quenched the merry sparkle of her eyes, and her mouth began to droop at the corners, which gave her a rather pitiful expression. "'Why don't you laugh and make things jolly like you used to?' asked Teddy, grumblingly, one day, when Babs was unusually quiet. "'I don't know.' Said the child sadly, only I are afraid things will turn out naughty like they did afore. Why do you bother about it? asked her brother. Oh, Teddy, she exclaimed reproachfully, I can't help it, cause you see, I promised uncle Charlie I'd be good. Captain Conway himself was conscious of this change in Babs. He watched her keenly and closely, and saw that she was no longer the bright, merry little creature he had found at Cloverdale only six months ago and yet he felt unable to mend matters his comfort was in the thought that her father and mother would now soon be home and the child restored before it was too late to the happy influences of home life in the country but nevertheless he could not be quite at ease about her and in his helplessness he turned to his wife but in vain can't you see what is wrong with the child he asked aunt Eleanor, almost pleadingly in his anxiety i don't know what you mean answered his wife carelessly i can see nothing you won't see it said captain conway irritably for goodness sake don't begin that all over again i am perfectly sick of all this ridiculous fuss you make about babs and if she isn't quite so wild and noisy as she was let us be thankful you don't understand said charlie conway impatiently and yet you ought to he added sternly Eleanor conway tossed her pretty head scornfully i am not interested in nursery talk she said in a hard voice if you want any more of it you had better ring the bell for the nurse her husband did not answer her he was angry but he was also suddenly conscious of a great mistake somewhere which could never be set right and the pain of such a consciousness silenced all his hurrying words of irritation and displeasure aunt Eleanor saw the strange look on his face and she too knew that a crisis had come though of its nature she was ignorant but she did not mean to quarrel seriously it was so silly to quarrel and over such a trifle too as their little niece why need charlie bother so it was getting on his nerves she thought and he used to be so superior to nerves in his rackety, fast steeple-chasing moods which were aunt Eleanor's standard of manliness and uncle charlie in his hunger for something he had missed was thinking how hopeless it all was yet eleanor conway was exactly the same woman as eleanor west was when charlie conway married her for her lovely face she was the first to break the pause ned and barbara can't come home as they hoped it is all uncertain whether ned can get off now and it may be years barbara says in today's letter aren't they coming in the spring then exclaimed uncle charlie aghast there seems no chance of it and here we are saddled with these children interminably teddy of course can go to school But Babs! Poor Babs! said her uncle almost to himself as his wife went out of the room. Poor Babs! And then, as Charlie Conway sat thinking about it all, as he realized that his wife would not, and what perhaps was sadder still, could not help him to do his duty to the child committed to his charge, a sudden big resolve burst into his heart. That Babs' life and character should not be thus spoiled by clumsy or cruel misunderstanding, and he himself would prevent it. That he would take the whole responsibility on his own shoulders and carry it until he gave the child into her father and mother's care a very big resolve for uncle charlie who had lived entirely for self and the passing amusements of the hour shirking all work and responsibility as boring and burdensome but this new and nobler purpose filled up a little of the fresh-found happiness of his life and brought with it better and brighter days both for uncle charlie and for babs and of chapter 9.